Hello, this is Chuck Solomon, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Podcast, where we focus on the job candidate journey from apply to onboard and the space in between. Let's get started. care about the candidate experience, but have you ever wondered exactly how to bring your company to that next level and offer a world-class experience to your candidates? It's not easy. Fortunately, Candidate.FYI can help. Their solution guides candidates through your hiring journey, enhancing transparency and communication at every touchpoint. You'll also gain valuable insights on what's working and what's not with your hiring process. Best of all, it integrates directly with your ATS. Head on over to candidate.fyi and see how to transform your company's candidate experience today. Welcome to the Empathy for the Job Seeker episode, where HR subject matter expert and podcast host, Joey Price is my special guest. Listen to the insights he shares on the topics we covered during our conversation, including reimagining, onboarding, Zoom fatigue, trial projects, and more. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please subscribe and do share with others. Want to comment, discuss, provide feedback, you can send me a note via LinkedIn or via the contact form on our site, www.thecx.xyz. I thank you for listening, and here's my interview. Joey, please tell uh, my listeners, you know, what you do. Well, I provide HR outsourcing for small businesses uh, through my company, Jumpstart HR, uh, along with a really great team. Uh, But also, really the heart of what I do is I help small business owners make good decisions about their people, and I help the people in those small businesses uh, make good decisions with regard to their human resources experience. Gotcha. What, um, what led you into working in this whole HR and talent arena? You know, Chuck, uh, I don't know about most HR pros, but I didn't have that HR idol growing up when I was younger. And so (laughs) if I could be 100% honest, HR wasn't on my radar until somewhere around the middle of my undergrad career. So it's not this like, what did you want to be when I grow up? I want to be an HR pro. That, That wasn't my story. (laughs) Um, I actually thought I would be in the sports medicine field, but, uh, some things happened. Uh, I was, I was in a a kinesiology degree at uh, Mm -hmm. the university of Maryland. I realized I wanted to make a career pivot. And, uh, I, I said, um, let me find a career that allows me to, um, be an advocate for people, uh, to have a, a work environment where no two days are alike. And uh, that's corporate, but not necessarily uh, super stressful. Um, and I guess stress is, is a perspective, right? There's probably some HR pros listening and they're like, oh, my job is stressful, buddy. You want to change seats <laughs> with me? But right. uh, 
That's what I thought at the time. So, so for me, when it came to deciding uh, what career I wanted to do after college, it really boiled down to self-discovery, uh, figuring out how, how I'm wired, uh, the kind of work that I want to do, and the impact that I want to have on people. Gotcha. I'm, I'm, have you discovered that HR superhero yet? Yes, I have. Uh, I've discovered many, actually. um, And I actually am able to uh, interview one on my um, my podcast in a a few weeks. Uh, Dave Ulrich. Uh, Dave Ulrich, who um, I really look up to him. Can you um, can you give the, the URL or the name of your podcast? Sure. It's Business Life and Coffee, and you can find it at businesslifeandcoffee.com. Or if you are on Podbean or Apple or or uh, Spotify, uh, you can just type in Business Life and Coffee. Gotcha. Awesome. Yep. Um, I think you are maybe the second, maybe third fellow podcaster I've had as a guest. So it's, it's always good to... Um, speak with fellow podcasters. I didn't start out being a podcaster as I'm sure you didn't either, uh, sort of, uh, has to do with, you know, I didn't start off wanting to work in talent, uh, uh, as well. It sort of came to me along the way and stuff as did podcasting. So, um, but it's great to have you. Can you talk about one of the challenges your clients has been experiencing with some aspect of the candidate experience and, and what they did uh, to to solve it? Yeah, the the huge one is obviously uh, relocating and reimagining the onboarding experience uh, sure. for the company that used to be brick and mortar, but now it's online. Um, but but I could even take that one step further and and not talk about the onboarding, but really, how do you prepare manage? conversations over zoom when before it would just be a matter of going into the office um we're all experiencing zoom fatigue and uh whatever that means to you uh it's showing in a different way but one of the things that we we did with with this particular customer um, who actually is in the process of hiring um, four people right now is to uh, have them game plan before they step into a, a meeting. And so we, we share, you know, a shared folder where we contain interview questions. We try to um, standardize it as much as possible so that everyone gets a, a equitable interview process um, and really just giving um, tips on how to, to conduct video interviews I like the, I like the game plan. Um, are um, are these um, are they actually sharing this with the candidates ahead of time? Like what the what the candidate experience is going to look like? No, this is internal. Uh, it, it's good. it's to share it with with the team, and and really that's because so often we underprepare the people who are a part of the interview right. process, and that. Right can look negatively um, in, the, in the candidate experience. And so really it's making sure that uh, we have our stuff together um, right. and are a united front um, when it goes to uh, getting in front of the, the candidate. Sure. Um, do any of your clients have anything 
you know, I know no one planned on a pandemic in 2020, but, um, you know, do any of your clients, have, <laughs> do they have anything like new that they, you know, that they're trying to implement or at least they're in the planning stages of that uh, will, um, you know, will, will also in, improve a candidate experience? Uh, well, we have another uh, customer that we actually introduced to them um, the idea of a trial project um, for for a senior level person in the organization. Sure. Um, one of the things that COVID that COVID has done is it's taken away that opportunity to have that face to face connection, and yep. um, really the, the, in the face to face, I feel like there are questions you can ask in in person that um, don't translate as well uh, over, over video. And uh, also, it, it's compressed, I believe it's compressed the time that people are looking to um, ramp people up, especially when you think about targeting those um, PPP goals that, that we were all aiming for to make sure that jobs came back within a certain number of, of um, to. So the, the trial project, Really what that did was it allowed us to get a sense of how the person thinks, um, how they compile information. Uh, if they have questions, um, do they ask the questions for further clarity or do they just go on a rabbit trail? Um, and it allows us to see their presentation skills. Um, this particular client, um, I, I really don't believe that uh, they'll be coming back to the office anytime right. soon. So you really have to trust the people that you're bringing onto your team and have high confidence that um, they're going to be able to make the right decisions without having those uh, face-to-face huddles. So introducing the trial project was just one um, tweak that we were able to bring to their process. And uh, I think it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, I, um, I, I love that idea. And I love um, how you titled it trial project um, is uh, I'm assuming that each candidate gets the same project to do. So then the hiring team gets to sort of see uh, a comparison between candidates or does each candidate have a different project they're supposed to do? Every candidate has the same exact project. Um, And to be fair uh, or sorry to be um, yeah, well definitely to be fair to the candidate. But also for the for the person listening, right? Um, cynical person may be thinking, uh, "Oh, they're they're just getting free labor." Um, right. Actually, it, it's not the case. Uh, the way that the projects are shaped, there's no real value to be gleaned from the projects themselves, but they are helpful in a way that um, helps identify not only the person's um, ability to communicate, but just their competency in core areas. Um, So an example question might be, uh, if you're hiring, um, you might say, you know, uh, Johnny is underperforming at work and he's having a hard time adjusting to life as a remote worker. Uh, How would you coach and advise him? Um, And so you would get somebody's response there and you're able to see how well do they lead with people lead people and how well do they connect people so it's not free labor it's not free intel it's really just trying to get a deeper understanding of if this person is the right person for the role and for the culture of the organization which could be an entirely different conversation 
Sure. Yeah, I, I love the idea. Um, I've worked with a business where um, we totally revolutionized the way they do their hiring. They still hire to this day, but they actually – this was a construction company, so maybe it was e- probably easier to do. So instead of spending a lot of time people um, telling what they can do, they instead, we switched it to let them show you and actually pay them to come work on a project for a day and see how well yeah. their skill, you know, see what they're, where they're, get a good assessment of their skills um, by actually watching their skills, but um, probably more important uh, than that is seeing how they problem solve, seeing how they get along with other teammates, seeing how well this was a customer facing job uh, to some degree. Um, you were in; they were in people's homes or yards doing remodeling work. But like, how do they deal customer service wise? And so, yeah. um, so, so. Easier said than done, and they were definitely this. They weren't looking for free labor either. Um, they're willing mm-hmm. to pay people, but if it didn't work out, you know, they paid them for the day and they were on their way. Oftentimes, it did work out, and they would pay them for the day, and then they'd invite them to come and work on a different team <laughs> the next day. And that's how yeah. they that that's how they did their uh, their hiring process, which I love. Um, and I. I think there's opportunity here for some hiring managers and HR to sort of kind of delve into this a little bit more. I mean, interviewing really does a great job of determining how well and assessing how well some interviews. Sometimes it doesn't do such a great job of predicting how well someone will do um, in the job, like someone doing the actual job um, and observing that, like in the, the example that you gave is, kind of watching someone do the job. So yeah. um, I think that's a much better predict predictor of how productive and successful they'll be in the job stuff too. So um, love, yeah. love your, love your example there. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, Chuck. And, and thanks for sharing yours because what most um, talented and experienced talent um, folks that are listening to this conversation know, and they're they're probably shaking their heads as we're discussing this, is yeah. that there are a few truths that we know. You know, one being um, it is easy to identify whatever bias the person on the other end of the table may have uh, and play to that bias or play to um, the, the, the factors in a conversation that may make a candidate more likable. So in some ways it's easier to game an interview than it is to game a trial project or to, to game um, actually showing up and doing the work. So that's one thing. And then on the other hand, we also know that a lot of turnover that happens is within the first 90 days. And so the yep. way that you prevent that is to get, to simulate or, or, or create a realistic job scenario as much as possible to see if the person's going to sink swim. I think it's fair to the organization that's hiring, that's absorbing the cost of bringing an employee on and then subsequently turnover if it's not helpful. And it's, um, it's valuable to the candidate who gets a chance to see if it's a place that they really want to work. So I hope more organizations, um, Follow the advice that that we're sharing on this on this podcast today. I I, I agree, but I'm biased here. But I I recognize my bias <laughs> here. So I am um, I am also um, 
I'll share with you and listeners as well is that I'm working on a on a project here to actually do a trial, but specifically for entry-level sales um, folks. So when you have experienced sales folks, they have a track record, lots of metrics, numbers and stuff for a you know, prospective hiring manager to sort of review and look at and determine. And, and when I interviewed um, VPs of sales, you know, they, that's what they look, they're looking at. But when companies are hiring for an entry-level sales role, they don't have um, – a person doesn't have a track record. There's nothing to sort of look back on. So um, I'm um, working on a project that will sort of help get sort of like that audition in there, but auditioning for sales roles to, A, see if the person has the skills and abilities that, you know, successful – salespeople have and be for the candidates themselves to actually learn whether or not sales is, is going to be a good career choice for them or not. So, um, but, um, anyways, that's a topic for a whole long conversation that we maybe will have in the future. So, um, great. So, um, Mindful of time here, I, I wanted to know um, if you had any, you know, a, a tip that you could share with our listeners on. Um, and and again, our listeners are are people that work in people, talent, HR, hiring managers, their job candidates themselves as well. Um, but is there a tip that you could share on what uh, what someone could do now to to help improve their company's candidate experience? Yeah, Chuck. And again, thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, I feel like our conversation could go three hours, could go three hours long. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, but my tip, um, my tip, I guess, one that's timely and uh, in in the spirit of uh, improving the candidate experience would be uh, understand that as much as you're adapting to life in COVID and the remote hiring process, it could be rather jarring for the candidate as well. And so um, it's helpful to have that sense of empathy uh, to, the, to the candidates that are going through your process. Um, and, and it's all feedback uh, from candidates in the process. Uh, candidates that you thought would be a great fit and candidates that you may have rejected um, earlier on in the process. So I'd say the big takeaway for me uh, is empathy in the midst of change and realize that uh, that is a value that um, is is well uh, received um, in a candidate experience is is empathy for the job seeker. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I would say empathy with a capital E there. Um, I, you know, I still, you know, what, what, propelled me to actually create this podcast is to sort of help um, improve the candidate experience and, and improve the candidate journey for, for most. And, um, you know, some, unfortunately, some companies just haven't gotten it yet. And I think there's plenty of research that has uh, translated how a, a poor candidate experience uh, goes and, um, negatively impacts the a company's uh, customer brand experience. And um, there's research mm-hmm. that's, that's been done that, you know, shows that, you know, how people will stop being a customer because they had a bad experience. Um, and 
the way yeah. I look at it is, you know, a company posts a, a, a job for, and they're going to get 300 people that are, that are interested, you know, lots of them are not, uh, cause it's so easy to hit the one button apply, um, mm-hmm. that they're not qualified, but at the very least companies can hit that, um, option in their applicant tracking system that says when the position's been filled and thank you for applying and taking the time to do that. Um, that's sort of the least I think most companies can do. Um, hopefully they can do better than that. Um, I'm in the job search process myself that I've shared pretty openly on this, on this, um, uh, show. And, um, I, I got a call from, um, a recruiter that had talked to me about a position and, um, she actually picked up the phone and said, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to talk with me and applying stuff. Um, the hiring managers actually found someone, lo- you know, more local to them that they'd already been talking to and that's who they're going to pursue. She didn't have to do that. Um, and this is a, a major consumer brand, um, which I have frequented and I will still keep frequenting, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, because, uh, you know, especially because, you know, they, this person went out of the way to actually call, pick up the phone, um, didn't have to do that, but, um, they, they, they went up a couple of notches in my, um, in my estimation of how, you know, what a decent um, company they are and stuff. So great. So if, yeah, um, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it's not that, um, candidates are turned off by rejection. Um, that does hurt, but I feel like they're more turned off by, um, uh, being left in the dark, um, yep. ghosted as, uh, the popular term is these days. So. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, to your point, empathy, empathy is about, um, you know, feeling what someone else is going to feel. And, <laughs> uh, it's pretty common sense that, you know, rejection, uh, but, like you said, you know, being in the dark and being ghosted is, um, is not, it can totally be avoided. And we have technology solutions that can easily solve this. So shouldn't, we shouldn't still be talking about this in 2020. Unfortunately, we still are. So, um, if people, (laughs) it's sad, but we can't change the whole world (laughs) today. I wish I wish we would next episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joey, if people <laughs> if people wanted to get a hold of you, how could they do so? If people want to get a hold of me, it's very easy on social media. Uh, it's just Joey V Price HR uh, on on Twitter and um, Instagram, um, which I'm I'm on more often than, than not. Uh, but also on LinkedIn, it's easy to find me. Just type in Joey Price, and uh, I should be there. And then my company website is jumpstart-hr.com. Thanks, Joey. I appreciate your time and insights today. My pleasure, Chuck. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Candidate Experience Podcast. You can reach out to us via our website, thecx.xyz. That's T-H-E-C-X dot X-Y-Z.